After coming out of the lockdown, I find I'm more sensitive to the tone of social interactions. I fall into the trap of responding to the tone and not the substance of what is being said. Specifically, when I try talking to a relative, I might detect a tone of defensiveness. Then I find myself reacting to that. And before we know it, two people are caught up in defensive postures. How can I desensitize myself and engage constructively in social interactions? So good summary. Good summary. That's a good way of, I think, noticing some of what's happening in that. And as with most of these things, awareness is just a huge part of it to begin with. Because if you're aware of what's happening, well, then you actually have some opportunity to be able to maybe approach it in different ways. So that's always a nice starting point. Now, that being said, there can often be a duality to these things. So while I just said that awareness is useful, there can also be such a thing as too much awareness. And of course, that is literally what sensitization means. We, in a day-to-day sense, have just so much information, so much stuff going on around us. And that's true even if you're just sat in a room. There's a lot of sensory information. But what we tend to do and what our mind needs to do is filter to some degree and basically to prioritize what we actually put our conscious attention on and the stuff that we just filter out as being reasonably insignificant. Of course, there's lots going in that we're not aware of anyway on a subconscious level, but a certain amount of filtering is important. So sensitivity happens when something is novel, maybe when it appears threatening. If something unusual is going on, then our attention gets particularly drawn to it. So something like a lockdown definitely has the potential to do that because we might get out of the rhythm of how we normally do things and it can feel a bit strange to re-engage again. Now, that sensitivity, when we talk about being sensitized to something, that, that ain't necessarily a bad thing. There are sensitivity trainings for a variety of reasons and they, they make a huge amount of sense because if there is something that we're not aware of and we could do with becoming more aware of it, then yes, absolutely, we want to sensitize ourselves to it so that it's not something that just isn't on our radar and we don't notice. So equally with social interaction, there's no harm in taking this as an opportunity. I appreciate it may be uncomfortable and there may be initial challenges in it, but still it is a bit of a reset for the system. And when you have a bit of a reset like that, it can be a good opportunity to practice intentionally engaging in the experience, maybe so you can improve upon some of the old patterns from before. You've got a bit of a fresh start to do it. But do be aware that a lot of the time in these situations, your sensitivity is much more apparent to you than to other people. So that's kind of the reassurance of this. A lot of the time, any awkwardness that seems to be there, we kind of overperceive it or we overly flag it. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that it can't be noticed, but it tends to be more minimal than we think it is. And even if it is reasonably noticeable, we don't help ourselves by thinking that it is noticeable and focusing in on it. Because in social interaction, when you focus in on the discomfort or what you don't want to happen by dreading it beforehand or you know overthinking it during, what essentially happens is you shift your attention away from the interaction itself and you play a model of it in your own mind. So now you're trying to have two conversations. You've got the person in front of you, and that's going however it's going, but then you've got this kind of 
monologue in your mind, which is maybe what you might say are wrong, or maybe even how the other person might respond to it in a negative way and judge you. So at best, what this is doing is it's disconnecting you away from what's actually happening in front of you. So you're going to be distracted, which will make it harder to connect. But of course, even worse than that, you are essentially training yourself to be afraid of what's happening. So you're, uh, you're conditioning yourself to feel stress, which of course is probably going to make it a bit more difficult in that moment. So just to watch out for that. And when you see that, uh, then what you can immediately start doing is saying, okay, well, how do I want this moment to be? And shifting the attention back to that a bit more. I think generally that's the kind of strategy that we're, we're aiming for. So how do you solve oversensitivity? Well, desensitizing, I suppose, is, is the flip side of that, which really just amounts to practice. So there probably is no easy substitute other than practice for this. But the good news is there are different options as to how you practice it. So as you'll know, if you know me, I'm a, a fan and an advocate and a practitioner and a researcher in experiential learning. And you know the go-to example there is if something is hard to practice, you find other ways to practice it that are somewhat equivalent, that somewhat transfer to the real experience. So what that might be is meeting smaller groups of people first and then bigger if that's the issue. Or if it's more the type of person, it can be practicing with people who are just more approachable and easier to deal with. So you can kind of warm up in that way and kind of desensitize in a useful way. So you just feel a bit more comfortable and in your stride again. And again, it's not just about practice. It's about practicing good method. So the method you're going to want to use is the method of ensuring that you're not getting distracted and thinking of what you don't want and then thinking about negative outcomes and then stressing yourself. But instead, just actually being present in that moment and actually listening to what the person's saying. And if they are defensive, they may well be. Just to give a bit of space around that and to notice that without needing to play that kind of game of emotional ping pong where their feelings go to your feelings and their feelings and you're going to bounce back and forth, but you're not really getting any space to just be in the moment. So that, that can definitely be useful to, to do. And whether it's it's uh, with with groups of people or not, you can also, to some degree, just imagine it as well. A bit of imaginal practice or exercise here can be rather useful. Where you kind of go, okay, well, imagine I'm chatting to that person or I'm in that situation. What is it like for me to just kind of drop the shoulders a bit and maybe to shift the attention to the substance, uh, as you described, rather than the emotional tone? And just to shift the attention onto that a bit more. And and just to gently practice that can be very useful. You're building up a kind of a reflex that makes it more likely that that will happen in real life than when you're actually in that situation. And it will depend a little bit on what the particular social difficulties are. But generally speaking, if we have concerns about another person's perspective, how they are, or how they're feeling, I think the useful thing to do is practice a bit of compassion there. And, you know, somebody might well object and say, oh, no, not Uncle Bob. You know, geez, Uncle Bob doesn't deserve any compassion. It's always his fault. He's a difficult character. Possibly that may well be the case. But what I mean by compassion is not necessarily saying that the other person's right, but recognizing that, you know, if a person is in a place of ease and wellness, 
they tend not to be very defensive or particularly prickly to deal with. You know, if they're awkward to deal with, it's normally because they have their own stuff going on or they have a history of challenges with a particular topic area. And unfortunately, that might get placed on you from time to time. And that may then stir some of your stuff. And it's not even about blame here at this stage. It's just, you know, this kind of chain reaction that happens. So it can be nice to kind of notice that and bring in a compassion where you go, oh, gosh, isn't the world a hard place? You know, there are stories really behind all thoughts and feelings and habits that are there. It doesn't mean you let people away with stuff that's inappropriate, but, you know, it just means that you put it into a bit of context and give yourself a bit of breathing room around it. And at very least, just don't take it personally. You know, don't let it stir your stuff any more than it needs to. Or put another way, if it does stir your stuff, just sort of notice that and go, I'm not being stirred with that. I might want to do a bit of work with that myself so that you have that firefighter's perspective. You know, you don't need to like the fire. It's fine to dislike fire as a firefighter. That that makes sense. But it's not an emotional thing. It's not that fire's out to get me. You know, instead you just see it as something going on in front of you and you create a bit more space. And I'm not saying that that's something that we can all achieve overnight. Uh, you know, if you've mastered human relationships, that's a very, very high bar. But the beautiful thing is even slight improvements in social interaction can net a very significant gain because you tend to get compound interest on them. If you can be like 1% better at social interaction, it'd be brilliant. That would be amazing because you have so many interactions, so many moments of positive interaction. And every moment that goes a little bit better will probably prime the other person to be a bit better in how they communicate with you. And then that will probably make you feel a bit better. And you get this kind of exponential snowball effect that comes from that. So I wouldn't worry about mastering it, but engaging intentionally. You know, we do use post-lockdown as an opportunity for that. Maybe a bit uncomfortable, but you're probably reflecting on patterns that were to some degree there under the surface. They're maybe a little bit more sensitized at the moment, but it's an opportunity to do a bit of good work with that. Have a bit of fun doing it as well. Practice interacting and engaging in different ways and, you know, see what you learn from it. All right, so what are your experiences with social interaction, interacting with different kinds of people? And, oh, family, that's a whole topic area. I have um, so many sessions I do at different seasons around the year because people are having family get-togethers or events, and they go, oh, John, I need a session. And, you know, it's a really real thing, I think, for many of us. And it can be particularly challenging, I think, in those moments where we're, as with the, the point in the question about being sensitized, if you're with somebody all the time, at least you develop, you know, patterns, whether they work well or not. If you don't see them, then you don't have to deal with them. But when it happens occasionally or after lockdown, you haven't seen somebody that can, all right, bring up some stuff, which is understandable. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf or on jfl.com.